Hey, I'm Benjamin Portnoy, the founder of Side Hustle Elevator. Side Hustle Elevator provides support, tools, training, and community to help you make more money and passive income through fun and fulfilling side jobs. And welcome to my interview series where I talk with people who I know are going to help you in your own side hustle to get better faster and make more money. With that, let's dive right in. Welcome. I'm Benjamin Portnoy from Side Hustle Elevator, and here on our inaugural YouTube Live is my good friend, good young friend. I was going to say old friend, but we've known each other for what, like 10 years almost? Well, see, I moved to Austin almost nine years ago, so eight and a half, almost nine years. That's awesome. That's awesome. So uh, my good young friend, Emily Leach, and... um, we are kindred spirits because we both believe that having a, as you like to call it, a J-O-B just sucks. And uh, that put it, to put it in a more positive light, being able to work for yourself and whether it's being a freelancer or having your side hustles or both because there's overlap uh, is just awesome. It's empowering. It feels good. And uh, we we see eye to eye on that. So um, before we move in here, I want to um, we have a quick bio. And then as we were talking about, we'll have you sort of talk about your history. But uh, from your own website, your own words in 2014, I started a Facebook group to help connect freelancers to work. Later that year, this group inspired the creation of the Freelance Conference, a.k.a. Hashtag FreeCon. In in 2015, me and a small group of like-minded souls launched the Texas Freelance Association as a 501c3 nonprofit. And uh, I liked your bio of FreeCon, too, which is, FreeCon was born in the spirit of those who leave or are dying to leave their dreaded J-O-B. If you're allergic to fluorescent lighting, me, <laughs> cubicles, and time clocks, every traditional J-O-B has bosses, mentors, peers, and colleagues to learn and grow with. As freelancers, we have escaped the bosses, but we're still human. We need mentorship, collaboration, and camaraderie. So, Emily, who are you, what do you do, and how can you help us escalate and our freelance jobs, our side hustles, and work for ourselves and make a bunch of money and be happy? Well, that first part of the question, who am I? I'm still trying to answer. So if you have any insight, I'm happy to, to hear it. So who am I? Uh, I call myself genetically unemployable, as you well know. Um, mm-hmm. That term has stuck around for quite a few years now, about 12 or 13, I guess. Because I really did just kind of suck at being an employee. Uh, I kept trying to find that dream job. And it turned out about three or four months in, that dream job would turn into the job from hell. And and I, I really just fi- figured out that, that's just not what my soul was meant to do. And yeah. I needed to figure out something else. I have a lot of really great skills. I'm, I'm really good at being able to figure things out on my own. And so I, I, I was able to begin to identify what I was good at, you know, what, what my strengths were and then just kind of go after it. I, I, I jokingly say that my strongest skill is naivety because <laughs> I, I believe the fact that I didn't know I was you know young enough to not really know or question if this would work or not was the thing that allowed me to, to go and try it without even realizing that it, it, it might not work. 
<laughs> and Which the older I get, we all, we all worry about, we all deal with. Yeah. The, the older I get, the, you know, I, I find that I get a little bit more scared and, and maybe not try things as quickly or easily as I did before. And I've gotten accustomed to a, a level of life and I don't want to give that up. And so I, I, maybe I try less until I turned 50, which was just a few months ago, actually. But, um, happy birthday. Thank you. There, there was something that, that was kind of fun about that. Most people I hear or see that, oh, I'm turning 25 for the second time or, you know, some something. And I was like, I'm turning 50. I was yeah. super excited. I was turning 50. And I think embracing that kind of helped because it allowed me to to be okay with something that's it's usually quite scary and in the life of maybe anybody, but especially women, I think. And then I began to look at other stuff in my life. It's like, oh, maybe they're not that scary. Yeah. And yeah. So I think that's probably a big skill for people to, to address regardless of what your age is or where you're at in your career is the question of what is the worst thing that can happen if you do this, whatever this is mm -hmm. and evaluate that. Can you live with that if it happens? Okay. And if, if the answer is yes, well then maybe you have a path forward. You're going to ask something. Well, I, I want to dig into that a little bit, uh, fear. And uh, as somebody who is a freelancer, is somebody who works with a lot of freelancers, how do you deal, I mean, we'll just jump right in here. How do you okay. deal with, um, with fear and overcoming these things that keep people from making that move that could make the difference for them? You know, what's your own advice to people who say, I'm too afraid to do it? Well, the people that, that say I'm really just too afraid to do it mm -hmm. um, really needs to assess why they're too afraid to do it because there may be something sitting there that that tells them maybe they really just shouldn't do it because hmm. that fear could be something that they can or can't get over um, or, or walk through, you know, move through. And I think that's a, that's a serious question and conversation that someone needs to have with themselves and the people that it's going to be impacted by the decision for them to make that leap, if that's what it is. And I assume that it is if it if it scares you that much that it's it's a leap, it's a leap of leap of fake. There's there's some risk there. The other piece of that is is there risk? Sometimes we make up risk, and it really isn't yeah. that big of a risk. Yeah. So um, sometimes the the only risk is your ego. Okay, well, that's really probably not that big of a risk. Um, you can, I, I believe you can get over that. You could, you could work through that. Um, yeah. There's plenty of books out there. The book that I'm reading right now and, and, and totally enjoy is um, um, Brandon Burchard's latest book. Ah, I'm sorry. Um, High Performance Habits, I think is what it is. Hmm. And what I, I love about Brendan's stuff in a while. I know it's it been good? years. Millionaire Messenger was the last book that I read. And someone yeah. sent me this. It just showed up on my doorstep. And so I was like, going, you know what? I've heard about it. I'd like to read it. And I'm not completely through with it. But what I love about the book is he does, he talks about some of these exact questions and how to evaluate yourself to see where you're at in mm -hmm. these six different, he calls them high performance, six HP six factors. Um, let me see. I think it's, uh, energy and creativity and um, influence. And apparently I know three out of the six <laughs> and off the top of my Maybe head, halfway done. Yeah. I'm halfway done with the, with the book, obviously, but, but those are the things that, that you need to identify in yourself 
and look at how are you going to to manage the hard times? Because you don't know yet what those hard times are going to look like. The you know that's the scariest part usually is you don't know what you don't know. Um, almost like buying a house. I helped my sister with her 50 year old house last year. And that was our biggest fear was we didn't know what we didn't know. And every time we got into the next thing, you know, especially when you got into plumbing is we were just scared about what, what we were going to find and strongly, strongly, strongly recommend that you find your tribe as quickly as you can. You know, it doesn't have to be a big tribe. It can be two or three people that understand what you're doing, what you're getting into, know how to support you, not judge you, support you. Yeah. And know how to allow you to completely, utterly freak out and let you get to the other side of that freak out because that's usually the journey. Oh, I love that. Is moving through those freak outs. What, what people I think tend to feel is that, oh, I watched Emily, I watched Benjamin, I watched whoever go through their development stage. And it was just, it was so simple. She, she or he just breezed right through it. I think I can do it. And then they yeah. get to that point where it's like, I ran out of money or I ran out of time, or I just, I don't know how to, to create a podcast, what, whatever the thing is. And the overwhelm sets in and yeah. they can't freak out. They won't allow themselves to freak out. They don't have anybody that can support that process. And that, that's what gets you to the other side. Yeah, and that's where a lot of those breakthroughs come from, don't they? Where if you are at a point where you think there are no answers, I don't know how to fix this, it's figuring out how to figure out where those answers are. It's actually, yes. that's, I mean, that's a, a function of creativity, isn't it? Where you have to figure out the way out of something or the way into something. Yeah, and, and you may be the only one with the answer and you don't know the answer yet. Yeah. But other people can help you get there. So I want to come back to that, especially finding your tribe. But as we said, the focus of this, um, we'd like to include everybody who is just getting started freelancing, but the focus is definitely scaling your freelancing business or your side hustle. Yeah. So let's say we are, you know, somebody who's watching today is already, they're pretty successful, they're making some money, bucks are rolling in, but they're not sure how to break that ceiling and get to the next level. Uh, what would you tell them? You're having coffee with somebody, what would you tell them? The simple answer is find a really great coach. Okay. <laughs> because it isn't a, a one answer question, and, and you sure. know that, right? Of Everybody's course. got a different place, different place that they're in, they're, the way that they manage the, the, the journey forward is going to look different. And so it's a definitely an iterative process, but to be a little bit more DIY about it, I would strongly suggest that you begin the process of journaling. I'm, I'm an anti journaler. Um, not that I think there's anything wrong with it. I'm, I'm not very good at writing. Uh, I, I get bored too easy or I get too antsy and, and stop writing too soon. But as I force myself to do it, I've gotten better at it. So what I mean by journaling is pick a couple of questions. And the, the ones that I would talk about first would be, what do you perceive your ceiling is? What do you think it is that's stopping you right now? You may or may not be correct, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. What do you think it is? What, what's on the other side of mm -hmm. that wall for you? Why do you want to get through that wall? Um, if it's just money, it's just money, but usually it's something else. 
you know, it's, I want to prove to myself, I want to prove to my family that I can do this. I want to be able to go on vacations. I, it doesn't matter what the why is. But what I've seen in um, especially freelance business owners is the biggest wall wall for them is that they don't know why they want to get to the other side. Hmm. Sometimes a freelance business owner only wants to get to the other side because they perceive everybody else is going to the other side. You know, hmm. the whatever it is they're making right now is not enough. They want yeah. to make more. And again, there's nothing wrong with that either. But getting there just because other people are doing it. I personally don't believe is a strong enough. Why hmm. really get clear on why you want to go there and, and write it down. Um, a good colleague of mine tells you to write it down in 250 words or less. It's probably a, a great um, amount of words to, to, to put that in. But so, so you don't get into rambling and, and hold that up, you know, maybe put it on a, uh, my thought is to put on like a four by six card and yeah. put it on the corner of your desk or something where you can read it over and over and over again until that why is really clear for you. And that why could change every year. Yeah, sure. um, hopefully it doesn't change every month, but there could be a few months in the very beginning where it does begin to evolve because you're going to take a stab at it the first time. So knowing why, knowing where you want to go and knowing what you believe is stopping you right now, I mm -hmm. think are your three primary ingredients to begin to identify how to move forward. That's great. I love the uh, the 250 words or less because it really does focus you to, it makes you focus on it and refine yeah. it. It's not just, I'm going to write all this out. So let's back up a step. You mentioned finding a coach. And it's one thing if you know somebody who can be a coach or you can seek them out. Um, but how do you find a coach? It's a tough one. I, I spent years, I spent the last five years going through and, you know, identify, trying to identify the coach that was right for me. Mm -hmm. And I, I did I, at least two or three of those years. I was like, okay, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm uncoachable because I can't find <laughs> the coach that works for me. And you've heard that. I mean, I'm sure we've all heard that term out there. And it's like being um, unlevable in a relationship, yeah. I find somebody. <laughs> and I finally found the person that we just meshed. That's awesome. So my, my suggestion is to, to go out there don't make any big, long commitments to any one coach, go and date for a while, you know, mm -hmm. find the two or three things, make sure that you spend some time going over lunch, have, take them out to coffee or, you know, pay for a single session, a long session. So you can see if they see you. Yeah. Or if they have a predetermined guideline or process that they're going to put you through, because none of us are the same. And if they have, this is my process. So we're going to go through this from A to Z. What if, what if you're not a B? What, what if that's not what you're into? Then that, I, I would be leery of that. Um, okay. I would, the other big thing is, is the coach that you're looking at, having at least the level, if not better than the level of success that you want. I, I see a whole lot of people saying, oh, this person's going to be my coach. And, you know, I, I may know that person. It's like going that that person hasn't made money yet. Yeah. And, if you want to um, make a million dollars, have they made two million dollars? Yeah. Or even a million. I mean, yeah. at least hit the goal, yeah. the goal that you're trying to, to get to. And it doesn't mean, I guess, that they wouldn't be able to have enough influence to get you there. But again, if you're hiring a coach, you're, you're hiring someone to 
not just cheer you on along the way, but to be able to unfold the things that you don't know as you get to the things that you don't know, because they yeah. know if they've not been there, it's impossible for them to know. Okay. So I love all of that. That's a, a great way to evaluate a coach. Do you have any ideas on actually, if I'm sitting here and have no, I, I'm not connected to anybody who could qualify as a coach, how would I go about finding them? I would look to my tribe. I would look to my colleagues and ask okay. any of them, um, have you have you used a coach? Are you using a coach? Do you like them? How, you know, ask the questions that are important to you. Mm -hmm. I would even ask price point. Um, you know, money is money. And if you yeah. don't have it, you don't have it. And talk to them about how you could possibly begin a coaching process with somebody that's, uh, that doesn't take as much money out, out front because mm -hmm. you don't have it, you know, don't go in debt. Yeah. Is, is my big thing. And I know some people say, you know, it takes money to make money and, you know, I'm willing to put in X amount and maybe that's the way that it works for you that you can put in five grand or 10 grand or whatever into the startup of your company. And some portion of that is coaching or the building of getting to the next level of your company. And some portion of that is coaching. Just, just be mindful of your finances and don't let that just go, you know, leaves to the wind because yeah. someone me or you or anyone else said, go get a coach. Yeah. Be, be smart about it. And you know how to do that. Yeah. Okay. So have you seen any of these? I mean, they're now popping up kind of these aggregate sites where you can find coaches and evaluate them. Have you seen any of those? I you have not. Okay. I have no doubt that they're out there. And yeah. so go at it more of an organic. I, I sure would. It's such a personal relationship and, and, you know, and solution you're going to grow with this person. There's a good chance you're going to spend the next five years or so with this person. Yeah. And they're going to know everything about your business and maybe even your personal life to some degree, because, you know, you're a freelancer and that just, you know, those two things kind of marry like that. So you, you got to really know, I, I feel like you really need to know and, and vet that person. Yeah. Okay, good. So who, speaking of uh, people who are influences in your life, who are uh -oh. some of the people aside from Brendan and uh, who have influenced you in your own journey? Well, that's a really good question. I don't know if I, I've kept track well enough. I would definitely say Matthew Pollard. He wrote um, The Introverse Edge. Uh, he just, I think he's in the process of releasing a second book. He used to live here in Austin for a few years, just moved out to um, North Carolina, I believe, a couple of years ago. So I miss having him around, but we do get to talk some. And he was a big influence to some of the things that I'm doing now. Um, Shelly Delane, she runs Orange Coworking here in town. I, You know Shelly. Shelly's awesome. When you were in Austin, um, she just She's has- She's also from St. Louis. That is true. She is yeah. also from St. Yeah. Louis. And she just has a really great outlook on- just about everything, probably everything. But I just have this, this thing that there's one of these days I'm going to find the one thing that she's like, no, nah, that's not my deal. <laughs> <laughs> but she really helps for me, helps allow me to see a light sometimes when things feel dark. Yeah. She is you definitely people like that. Yeah. She is definitely my human that I go to and allows me to do the 100% freak out, scream, yell, why am I doing this? All that kind of stuff. Yeah. And she is beautiful at being able to get to the end of that and go, 
okay, what's next? You know, or whatever her next, it's usually something like that. Instead yeah. of some people, that's how you know if you got the right human. You get to the end of that and somebody wants to fix it. They're probably not the best person to support you through the freak out, to go back to that conversation a little bit. So anyways, um, definitely her. Um, how about uh, other authors or speakers you've that, seen? That's who I was just thinking of. Um, you know, definitely... Tim Ferriss, the four hour mm -hmm. work week had a huge impact on me. I immediately didn't believe in the four hour work week, but I believed in the concepts that yeah. he wrote about. Yeah. And I believe that's really what he was trying to, to, um, to get through to all of us. And then of course, Seth Godin, um, mm -hmm. first book I read of his was the purple cow. And then I obviously I've read quite a few since then as well. Um, Good to great. I forget the gentleman's name that wrote that. Um, Collins, is that? I, I know the book. I, yeah. That that was another good book for me. Sure. Um, but I didn't follow a whole lot more of his stuff. Like Tim Ferriss, I have continued to follow quite a bit of his stuff. Seth Godin, I've followed quite a bit of his stuff. Daniel Pink has had some amazing stuff in his writing, especially um, The Whole New Mind was a, a fabulous book. And this whole concept and talk about, you know, knowledge workers and, you know, the future of work and, and things just changing from, from the um, industrial age and where we're at now. Those would be some of my top ones. Um, Brene Brown, absolutely, you know, a little, little newer to the scene over these last, what, four or five years. She's made a huge impact, though. Yeah, I've listened to or read every one of her books. I don't know if I can say that about anybody else. And then my all-time favorite would be Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> He's had my biggest impact. As an author? As an author and as uh, I, I see his work as more of folk singing. Um, I don't yeah. think that's how he classifies it, but I just, I love, I love the energy that comes from his books and I mean, his, his songs. And then the book that I've, I loved the most was Salty Piece of Land. It, awesome. Yeah. You've it. mentioned that in <laughs> one of your bios. I saw. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, right. I mean, that's what turned me on to sailing and definitely a big piece of my life now. I just remember there's a picture of you sabering a, a bottle of champagne somewhere. Yes. Did you do that? I, I did. An interesting story. So I, after reading the book, Salty Piece of Land, mm -hmm. so quick side note, it's about, I think, $24.95, but it somehow cost me about $15,000 because I fell in <laughs> love with sailing and I went and bought a sailboat and renovated the sailboat and then mm -hmm. I christened it. Yeah. And what I didn't know is before you slam that, that, that champagne on the bow of your boat, you're supposed to score it. So if you don't, it just bing right off the front <laughs> of your boat. So I just kept slamming and slamming and slamming until it finally hit it. It was, it was pretty funny. So Sounds yeah, like there's a tri trip to the hospital. It should have been. There was a piece of glass that literally went right beside my face. Oh, yeah. Probably should have been safety glasses, maybe a helmet. Yeah, yeah. But, I uh, was cleaning a wine glass about a year ago, a year ago, and I was shaking it, and the bulb came off, and it shattered on the floor, and then embedded itself in two places. One and oh. it's not important. Anyway, <laughs> the, the, the emotional and physical scars we uh, we we hold on to. Yeah, by through the uh, the process of learning. So. Um, 
As far as I know, we we talked about industries or we talked about that it depends on the industry you're in as far as growth and scaling to the next level. But if you were to, besides getting a coach, what are some other ways to succeed in working for yourself in your own life and the people you've worked with? What are just some overarching themes? Um, you know, diversifying what you do, you know, a, a big one is, you know, writing, if you're a writer, graphic design, you know, some of those creative spaces is finding other ways, other things that you can create and, mm -hmm. and you know, sell like products is a big one. Um, maybe creating a podcast, something that you could get sponsorships for. Yeah. Other, other ways to bring in income. So you're not solely all the time working on just client work and exchange of time for money. Um, how can you maybe build out a team so you can take out, take up larger projects and then diversify and get to work with other people. Yeah. So a big, one of the other big walls that freelancers run into is just the sheer isolation working yeah. by themselves and like going, I don't want to manage other people. And I get that. I I'm one of those people. I don't really enjoy managing other people at all, but it allows me to do other stuff and, you know, create other, other kinds of projects that, really ignite another piece of who I am. Yeah. And the, the more I play with that and it's less of a managing other people and more of a coming together as a collaboration or a collective oh, of good. humans to do something together. And then you're not managing other people, you know, you're, you're working together on something and it really has brought a lot more light back into my life as far as doing freelancing. Cause I did get pretty trapped in that isolation myself. Yeah. It, it can sneak up on you. Mm-hmm. That's good. I, in my own life, that's sort of, honestly, that's why I've launched this is it's time to meet new people. Things have just started feeling stale. So yeah. find other people. I, I was noticing in my own life, well, I haven't, you know, I, it's, I am not starting big corporations. I have a lot of side hustles and I enjoy having the diversity. My ADD brain works really well if I'm doing a lot of different things. And so it's that kind of thing. How can I meet other people who are doing the same thing? Sorry, my phone's going off and I don't know where I, it's at. I see. I hear that. I, where can it be now? Exactly. Sorry about Zing. that. But we got a little background music there for a minute. <laughs> I don't, I can't pay for the, uh, the clearance, the rights on that. Okay. So we'll just edit it out. Um, <laughs> So let's say I don't live in a big city. I mean, you and I both do. You're in Austin. I'm in Houston. Yep. Um, I don't live in a big city and I want to meet other freelancers in person. Have any recommendations on how to do that? Obviously, you have online Facebook groups and, and that kind of thing. But right. I want to go somewhere in, in town. Where do I go? How do I find those people? If you're in a small town, it may be a little tougher to find them, but they're usually there. Um, mm -hmm. I would, you know, if it's not not already organized, organize it yourself. Find a way to to create a, you know, coffee on Tuesdays or something, and start hanging out as much as you can in the town that you're at, and ask other business owners mm -hmm. if they know people that are freelancing that are doing, you know, whatever sorts of creatives that you would like to connect with. Um, or freelancing business owners that you would like to connect with and, and just make it a thing. You know, maybe it's every Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock, y'all get together and have coffee and create your own co-working because smaller cities, smaller towns aren't going to have a co-working space. Yeah. I know there is um, 
a woman out of, I forget the name of the town, it's in Canada. She's running a, a program called Rural on Purpose. And what she does is mm. she helps people in rural cities pull together, they do a 30 day challenge and she helps them connect with um, businesses in the town to use some of their space for co-working and then pulls all of these independent professionals together and they build their business and connect with people and remove some of that isolation. So there are some movements to get that to work. Yeah. Now, if you are in, let's just say a small to medium or even a large city, well then I would definitely recommend going out to meet up, go out to Facebook and find an online group. And if they're, if they don't have any in-person events, ask them to create one. Hey, because yeah. we just, somebody just did that. And you know, I have Austin freelance gigs here. And last month somebody said, Hey, I love this group, but can we get together in person? It's like, sure. So I just put something on the calendar. We all met up for lunch or now it's probably coffee and just chatted for a while. And then of course there's always the freelance conference. I'm going to have to push that a little bit, which we will absolutely talk about. So we, there are more and more events happening that pull together your local freelancers. Keep an okay. eye out. So Meetup, tell what what is Meetup for people who have never heard of it? So Meetup.com is a, a place or a space where people go on and create meet meeting opportunities, right? Mm -hmm. And it's usually, sometimes it's just coffee or just conversations, but a lot of times it's workshops. It's ways to to get to know more, th more about a specific topic or maybe network with like-minded humans. Awesome. Okay. So it's a good way to find different things. Sometimes you can also find uh, meetings on um, what's the the ticket source. Uh, uh, Eventbrite. Eventbrite. Ticket, Ticketbud and Ticketfly. There's, there's yeah. a few. Eventbrite, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Eventbrite, I've seen people put together events and put free tickets on there. So that's a way to find networking great one. sometimes. Yeah. Good. Um, so give me some of your favorite, I, I'm, I nerd out on tools and programs and things that help you make your business easier and just more organized. What are your, some of your favorite tools? My happy place. Um, I do love tools to, for better or worse. My absolute favorite one is Airtable. Hmm. Uh, you know, I don't know if you know that much about my background. I did database management for a while or administration, and I really enjoyed being able to keep my information somewhere and be able to filter it and, and, and make it do what I needed it to do to see it the way I want to see it. Yeah. So Airtable is a database. That's really all it is that. So if you're not familiar with databases, it's a, it's a, it's kind of like Excel on steroids where you can, you know, you have a buck, you have all these buckets to put content in. Mm -hmm. um, you can create a form, you can embed the form on your website so that you can collect data and then it all sits inside of Airtable. So you can use Airtable free for quite a while. And then there's some, then there is of course a, a pay, paying model that, yeah, I'm sure there's people that do it. There has to be people, but if you're running a freelance business, you can, like I said, you can go, I mean, I've been on it for three years and, and I haven't paid for it, but, that's how I collect. So for the conference for speakers, that's how I collect the speaker information, their bios or information. Um, we just did the freelancers choice awards for 2019. That's where nominations came through. And then I can go through and I can hide columns and show columns and have different views. So I can see it in a calendar view, or I can see just the ones that have been accepted or things like that. It allows me to parse and, and see the information the way I need to see it. 
good organization. It's great. Great organization. And Zapier, oh man, that's got so much strength to it. If you're not familiar with Zapier, it is a way to automate two or more different platforms in a way that maybe it can't do it. So Ventbrite, you just talked about Eventbrite. Yeah. What we do with Eventbrite is it doesn't automatically push the information over to ActiveCampaign, which you turned me on to actually years ago. <laughs> Still on it. Awesome. So I use Zapier. So what Zapier does is it requires one piece, the first software to have a trigger. And in Eventbrite's case, it is when somebody buys or signs up for a ticket. So as soon as that trigger happens, Zapier is sitting over there listening for that all the time. And then it is told, I, you know, you go into the back end and you design it's drag and drop, super easy. It's awesome. Yeah. And it it says, okay, I've just gotten this piece of information. It goes into its own system. It says, oh, so I'm supposed to now take it and put it over here into active campaign in this list with this tag. It's Automates all that. I don't have yeah. to go do it all the time. So yeah. It's Zapier's amazing. And what's so interesting to me is that all of these platforms sort of have come up together at the same time. Yeah. Or not the same time, but you know pretty close. Well, you used to have something like MailChimp or Aweber that was just a very simple email platform. And then they see the big boys come in or big people come in. So you have <laughs> uh, Infusionsoft and you have uh, Kartra and Leadpages, which was just a its own builder. And they all realize that the field's getting uh, a little more complex. And so they've all... Uh, offered to talk to each other. They've all offered more features. I don't know. I love that stuff. I Yeah, I do too. And I love that I can make, you know, multiple pieces of, of software work together now. Thanks yeah. to, and there's a new one out there. I still use Zapier because I know it, but Integromit is a new one out there. So if you're looking for something that's even more drag and drop, Integromit is a little bit better that way. Uh, I, I would foresee Zapier potentially I'm trying to, you know, be a little bit more drag and dropish mm -hmm. themselves, but they definitely are the big gorilla in that space. Yeah. Well, there's a new one coming out that's a sister product to Integromit. It's Wallace and Gromit. I don't, did I did I miss? Oh, it? you don't know. It's no. a cartoon. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, All right. Um, good. So tools, we covered that. So. Um, Tell us about the freelance conference. That's my cat sneezing in the in the office here, by the way. Okay. Tell us about the freelance conference, how it started, what it is, how we can attend, how we can learn more about it. Well, uh, I'm going to start. Yeah, I'm going to start from the back up. It literally happened last week. Yeah. So um, last Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, a week ago, um, October 27th, 28th, and 29th. It was our fifth year which is why we had it on October 28th. So that was the exact date that was the very first year, five years ago. Awesome. And it started from, I, I, I started a group, we, I mentioned it just a little bit earlier, called Austin Freelance Gigs on Facebook, mm -hmm. where I love the idea of, or, or the entire process of connecting freelance business owners to work. I was amazed that there were so many freelancers that were having a hard time finding good work and there were so many people looking for freelancers and having a hard time finding good freelancers. Yeah. And we just, you know, by starting the group, we just brought them together and it's been amazing to watch and it just blew up. It was really big. 
And so about six or seven months in, we were already sitting about 800 people. So to me, that blew me away. It was, I just couldn't believe it. And I loved that it, it had turned into more than just a place to find work. It turned into a real community where people could be vulnerable and ask really cool questions and get great answers from their peers. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's awesome to be able to work with experts and stuff, but sometimes it's maybe even more valuable to get feedback from the people that are in the trenches with you and have learned, maybe learned just ahead of you enough that they still remember what you, what it was like right there and, and connect the dots a little bit better. So at that point I was still doing website design. So I was doing freelance and just kind of running this. I don't know if you'd even call it a side hustle since it wasn't monetized, but um, yeah, I was sitting there one night and I was like, man, this would be so cool to have these conversations in person to be able to hang out with my peers and the people that I, that are in this together with me and not have anyone tell me to go get a job, you know, (laughs) to really get who I am and what I'm, what I am. And so I went to go find a freelance conference or a conference for freelancers. And it didn't exist anywhere. Yeah. I mean, I started looking at, you know, the UK and you know other countries and there was some meetups and stuff, but there wasn't a conference. Yeah. And at that point I had, as you know, about four or five years of experience doing TEDx events. I had helped one of the co-founders for TEDx ABQ, founder for TEDx Corpus Christi, helped out a little bit with TEDx Austin. And so it's like, going, I, I've run TEDx events from the, you know, from the start up. I've been a freelancer for 20, 25 years. How hard could this be? Yeah. So the answer is hard, but <laughs> about a hundred days later, we had our first conference and mm. it was a lot of fun. I didn't really start it with any intention to make this a career or to, to build a business out of it. I thought it'd be fun to get together with people. And at the end of it, everybody was like, well, what do we, you know, when is next year? And I'm thinking, um, Hmm. I, I don't know. October 28th. So the <laughs> second year was also October 28th. And then we, you know, the next couple of years we moved it into September. And then this year we had October 28th again. So the whole purpose of freelance conference affectionately now known as FreeCon, is to really work on the business skills of being a freelance business owner. It is industry agnostic. So regardless of what space you're in doing freelance work, we really focus on together the business of running your business and those skills, which is what most of us are lacking, to be perfectly honest. And so you asked the question about how to grow into the next level. Well, this is one of the things that we also talk about, how to level up, how to break those boundaries. That's actually our theme for next year is breaking boundaries so that people can begin to get access to those skills or at least access to the people that can help take them to the next level. So even if you're not quite there yet, you you can um, you can get some inspiration. You can get some tools and some tricks and those connections. Yeah. So we bring in sponsors, of course, because sometimes you need some technology to make that happen. And there's so much happening in that space right now, for, not just for technology itself, but ways to to help make your entire process of running your business a whole lot simpler. That's a whole, probably an entirely different conversation I could do for for hours, but. So Freelance Conference is an annual event right here in the States. We're going to start next year. It's going to be in Denver. So um, FreeCon 2020 will be somewhere in the Denver area. We haven't quite found our location yet. Awesome. And we are shooting for, you know, sometime in the middle of um, September. 
so when it's still amazing and gorgeous and in Denver. And right now we're working on bringing in speakers and doing all the things. So that's that's where it started. That's where we're at. That's great. So it, it's gone from being my side hustle. You know, I no longer do website design work. I really just do the conference. We launched a community for the conference this year. We've launched the Freelancers Choice Awards. We had two years of those. So we'll do that again next year. And then we actually just launched the Freelance Community Fund. So hmm. we will begin looking for donations and stuff for that. Our goal for 2020 is to raise $25,000 and use use that fund. So freelancers will have the opportunity to apply for scholarships okay. for some sort of training, whether they want to go to a freelance conference, whether they want to go to a conference or maybe a retreat that would help their business or go and do some actual, you know, some other types of training, a workshop. And they're just not there yet. You know, yeah. financially, it's a struggle to get that. But if they were able to go to that with some financial help, it could change their business. And fantastic. When I go and look at all the incubators and accelerators and support for small business, medium business type stuff, there's a lot to, to go get access to. And a freelance business owner usually doesn't qualify for a mm -hmm. lot of that and doesn't have anywhere else to go. So we are going to attempt to fix that. That's really cool. So okay. freelanceconference.com, is that the best place to go to learn that more? Is, yes. Yep. You'll find it all there. Okay. That's awesome. Freelance Conference was born in the spirit of those who dream of creating <laughs> an amazing life. I Are like you living an amazing life, Emily? I do live a pretty amazing life. Uh, yeah, it's, it's easy. All of us do it. I'm sure, you know, you get to that point. It was like going, ah, my life sucks. Um, <laughs> but it doesn't. You know, I sold the sailboat a few years back and we're actually now in the process of looking for another sailboat um, mm. because that was a piece that I really enjoyed. But you know, we live in Austin and I don't know if we'll live in Austin forever, but it's a great city to play in and to meet some great colleagues in and to have launched and started this movement for the freelance conference. And man, I just, it's like, I feel like I could go on forever, but life is good. That's great. All right. Two more questions. Okay. This is, uh, this is something I ask of all my inter interviewees. Oh, you being the first one. <laughs> um, and I think I know what the answer is, but who is your favorite band or artist that gets you through the day, especially on rough days? You know, you would think it would be Jimmy Buffett, mm -hmm. but it actually probably is more either Michael W. Smith or Chris Rice. Hmm. hmm. Cool. Yeah. Any words to say about either of them? Well, they're both they're both Christian singers. And right. so each of them have two or three songs a piece. I mean, they have tons, but there's two no. or three songs that really touch me at a soul level. Yeah. And when I'm having, like you said, those really hard days, um, going into what I would consider like this dream mode doesn't work for me. Yeah. I really need to go back to what I feel like is my salt of the earth. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, my core beliefs and those songs take me there. Awesome. Very cool. And last question is what beverage starts your day and which one ends your day? Because hopefully they're pretty different beverages. Okay. So saying vodka for both is not the best answer. And no, I'm just, I'm it's an kidding. answer and I'll accept it if that's what you want. Um, 
unfortunately, I'm not so. Yeah, I. It's usually water. Okay. Uh, to start my day, sometimes it's coffee, but I I need to tell you that my coffee isn't really coffee. It's a whole bunch of crap with a little bit of coffee in it. <laughs> and then I end my day is pretty much almost always water. Oh, good. Yeah. Unless I've had one of those really rough days, then maybe it's got a little something in it. <laughs> but it will still look like water. <laughs> All right, good. Well, anything else you want to add? Any? Uh, how can people learn more about you aside from Freelance Conference? Freelance Conference really is the best place to go. You know, emilyleach.com, um, L-E-A-C-H, is we're in the process of rebuilding that site. Okay. And I, you know... If you have questions, if there's anything that me or my team could possibly help you with in either starting your freelance business or expanding your freelance business, more than happy to do what I can to help get you there. And, you know, whether it's advice, mentorship, I, you know, do my best to put some of that into my schedule. I call it my stewardship and helping people with getting to the next level. And until what they need is more than I can give, then I really like to help them find those solutions. Fantastic. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. This has been fantastic. And I know you're a busy person. So I really appreciate you carving out some time for us. No, thanks for having me. This is a blast. Awesome. Okay. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Right. Bye. Hey, thanks for checking out the episode. To learn more and get all kinds of free resources to help you in your own side hustle, go to www.sidehustleelevator.com. See you next time.